University of Michigan, licensed to the regents of the University of Michigan to serve in the public interest of the people of the state of Michigan. For when the famous explorer Filter Antoine LaRue wandered into the swamps that were to become Ann Arbor, he had but one goal in mind, a radio station that would rise above all others, reach to the heavens and enlighten mankind forever. So if you're loyal to Michigan, tune us in. WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 in Michigan. Signor, io volete fare uno mangiare carne di di maialo, freddo. Good evening. I want to send that out to Mike Perini, for whom I am sitting in. My name's Arwolf. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture and also food. That was Slim Gaylord and Bam Brown, billed in 1945 as Slim and Bam, sort of a sequel act to the famous Slim and Slam. I think Slam Stewart got uh, otherwise engaged in some other musical activity. So Slim hooked up with a 
another bassist who was a bit larger and considerably more talkative, Bam Brown. Carne, uh, C-A-R-N-E. I think that's a song about meat, right? I believe so. Well, let's see. Before we get to a special report about global Chinese food and ramen, as uh, through the eyes of Louis Armstrong, I thought I'd bring Dinah Washington in here. This is from a uh, an album that I'm not sure this was this was released under this heading in uh, the the uh, 1950s. The recording you're about to hear is made in 1957. It's the MRC Records Great American Songbook series. Dinah Washington sings the Bessie Smith Songbook. And yes, it was back in the 1920s that Bessie Smith and Fletcher Henderson cooked up a a feature song for the trombonist Big Charlie Green called Trombone Charlie. Well, come 1957, that's December of 1957, Dinah Washington got together with the Eddie Chambly Orchestra and sort of modified this old tune in Bessie's honor as a, a feature for the trombonist on this date, who also made some great records with Duke Ellington, and that is Quentin Butter Jackson. And that explains why this song is called Trombone Butter.
Now, I'm all buttered up now. I'm all limbered up and ready to uh, share some important food-related information with you, some of which was directly transmitted to me for these purposes by the regular host of this irregular program, Mr. Mike Perini. If you're just tuning in, that was Dinah Washington with Eddie Chambly's orchestra featuring Quentin Butter Jackson, Trombone Butter from the Bessie Smith songbook. Now then, for my next trick, I'd like to bring forward Mr. Don Ewell. That's spelled E-W-E-L-L. He plays the piano. See what I mean? Now then. Mike and I and a whole bunch of other people would not like for you to know that on Friday, December 6th, which is tomorrow, there is a, a symposium on global Chinese food. This is happening only tomorrow, Friday, December 6th, 2019, at the Kessler Room of the Michigan League. It's on the second floor, I believe, at 911 North University, U of M campus. Uh, millions outside of China enjoy Chinese food each day, it says here. Even though they might all go out for a quote-unquote Chinese meal, there's little uniformity regarding what arrives on their plates, in their bowls, or at the tips of their chopsticks or forks. In Germany, for example, quote-unquote Chinese food could mean ribs in Heisen sauce served with pickled cucumbers. In India, it could mean deep-fried vegan cauliflower. And in South Korea, it could be sweet brown sauce on a plate of beef noodles. What do these diverse examples tell us about the nature of Chinese food? How does a global perspective deepen our understanding of culinary authenticity and heritage? These questions will be the focus of global Chinese food, a conference bringing scholars of Asian American, African, Chinese studies, Latin American, and Japanese studies into a wide-ranging and exciting conversation. The conference is free and open to the public. It's organized by Professor Miranda Brown, Asian Languages and Cultures at U of M. Again, Friday, December 6th at the Kessler Room of the Michigan League. Tomorrow, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's an all-day symposium. Mike would like it very much, I think, if I were to describe to you the uh, topics that will be dealt with in each of the seven panel discussions. Seven panel discussions uh, with little breaks for coffee and tea in between. But um, let's just go through the list here. Panel number one, starting at, at uh, 9 a.m. tomorrow in the Kessler Room. Um, E.A. Anderson will discuss silk and milk, the medieval silk roots and food in China. And Yan Liang, I'm not pronouncing that correctly at all. Yan Liang uh, 
on mung bean starch jelly in traditional Chinese dietetics and gastronomy. Panel 2, which begins at 10 o'clock, will have Brian Dot speaking on the Battle of the Peppers, how the chili displaced Sichuan pepper, and Jeffrey Pilcher from the Manila Galleon to Pacific Fusion, Chinese food in Latin America. Panel number three, Um, movable feasts. Heather Lee on the Chinese banquet, migrant politics and the tide of exclusion, 1877 to 1882. And Mei Bo Ching with what might Chinese chefs have cooked for their foreign masters in the port cities in the 18th and 19th centuries. Hints from contemporary language learning kits and recipes, unquote. You see what I mean? This is fascinating stuff. Panel four to uh, open up the afternoon's portion of the symposium. Michelle King with Food Memories and Migration, Dislocation and Yearning in Taiwan's Postwar Generation. And Romina Del Monte with Chifa Restaurants in Buenos Aires, Transcultural Mobilities and Circulations in a Latin American Context. Channel, uh, channel, panel five. Uh, This was Mike's favorite title here, The Global Appeal of Pungency, Sichuan Food as Chinese Food. That's Q. Edward Wang will present on that topic. And Jin Feng with Apricot Jam and Tomato Paste, the local, national, and global in the Imperial Banquet of Suzhou. Panel number six in this day-long symposium tomorrow in the Kessler Room of the Michigan uh, League. Panel number six, Tiffany Liu with Who Are the Chinese? Eating Chinese in South Africa. And Yvonne Campos Rico, Cafés de Chinos, Mexican Chinese Culinary Culture in Mexico City. Finally, Miranda Brown, who put all this, uh, this whole thing together, is my understanding, will uh, discuss foreign foods and traditional cookbooks and we'll finish off with Yong Chen's The Invention of the Chinese-American Cuisine. We'll leave that for the end. So, again, uh, Global Chinese Food, December 6, 2019, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Michigan League, free and open to the public. Thank you, Mike, for telling me about it so I can tell the people about it on Pandora's Lunchbox, show about food and culture. A reminder that ethnic diversity keeps America strong, and while Ann Arbor might seem awfully doggone white to some of us a lot of the time. It's actually an incredibly culturally diverse community. May it continue to be so. I feel better already. And I was already feeling pretty good. Listen, um, I think it's important that we stick with the Pacific Rim just for a minute. There's some uh, news from 1953. Louis Armstrong spent most of December 1953 touring Japan. 
It was his first visit to the country, and his opening act was Japan's premier Dixieland group, the Fumio Nanri All-Stars. On the first night, the members of the Nanri band invited Louis out for some ramen, and legend has it that Louis liked it so much that he had some delivered backstage every day through the rest of the three-week tour. And there's a lovely photograph of Louis Armstrong with a bowl of ramen, looking fascinated. Um, I want to acknowledge the sharing of that bit of history um, via the miracle of email by a member of the Easy Street Jazz Band. This is a, a, a fantastic, uh, I believe it's Terry Kamura, right, who's, who's in that band, and he sent this thing out. Uh, traditional jazz, old-school jazz, Dixieland, and also uh, uh, just hot jazz, uh, 20s and 30s style, and swing. Uh, live at Zao Gaz Grotto every Tuesday, starting at, I believe, 5.30 in the evening. A, uh, a manageable time frame for a lot of us. So... Uh, that's a uh, that's out at West Stadium, Zalgaz Grotto, which is rapidly becoming a, you know, one of the hot spots for affordable jazz, affordable um, working class entertainment. I might even call it. Thanks, everybody. Okay, how you feel? I'm speaking of Louis Armstrong, and after all that butter that uh, that Quentin Butter Jackson and Dinah Washington treated us to earlier, I think we need some potatoes. Um, so we'll get to some potatoes, but first. Uh, you know, the potato head blues, right. But first, let's have Louis Armstrong take us through a, a Cole Porter song that has quite a number of food references in it. Uh, you're the top. At words poetic, I'm so pathetic that I always found it best instead of getting them all just. To let him rest on express. I hate parading, serenading, as I probably missed the ball. But if this did is not so pretty, at least it'll tell you how great you are. You the tops, you the Coliseum, you the top. You a Lumuseum, you a melody from a symphony by Strauss, you a bandle bonnet, a Shakespeare sonnet, you a Mickey Mouse, you the Nile, you the Tower of Pisa, Mama, you the smile on the moon of Lisa. I'm a worthless check, a total wreck, a flop. Buddy, baby, I'm the bottom, you the top. You the top. You Mahatma Gandhi. You the top. You Napoleon Brandy. The light of a summer night in Spain. You the National Gallery, you cross me sorry, you celebrate. Mama, you sublime. You a turkey dinner. Oh, 
the time of a derby winner. I'm a toy balloon that's faded soon to pop. Buddy, baby, I'm the bottom, you the top.
walked and crossed the street Said, come in, your boy, and go Get some meat for them green Yes, yes, them green For them green We call them carrot grain With a spoon in the dish Say I'd rather have cabbage Than to have that fish For them greens Yes, yes, them greens For them greens They call them cabbage greens Play them for me now, heaven Look like I can see a dish of them greens now But all that fat meat in And get a bag of meal for them greens Yes, yes, them greens For them greens They call them carrot greens
I can't explain I've been digging mama's day job My girl told me, Lord, Lord, I really got to go Say something in my potato Camping on my life Yes, that's all right Lord, help me on my mind Hope to be the little one Yeah, I'm digging my potatoes with the washboard Sam Kind of a later on recording for for Sam. Did you know he was a Chicago policeman for a while? Yeah, he had a gig doing that. Just trying to keep keep everything in order over there in the Windy City. Uh, from an MCA album, uh, Big Bill Bronzy and Washboard Sam. And uh, what else was in here? Cabbage Greens number two from Champion Jack Dupre. The Potato Head Blues, originally made famous by Louis Armstrong in this instance recorded at Greenfield Village by the River Raisin Ragtime Review. Very nice. Thanks, folks. And you're the top from Louis Armstrong. Thank you, Norman Granz. That was on Verve Records. It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I'm feeling real good now. Been, been at this covering for Mike for the past few minutes, and now I've really been looking forward all week to dishing out a whole bunch of nines, a whole bag of nines for you, because it's we're nearing the end of 2019, so I'm nining it up. And that means oh, we got some music from 1919, 1929, 1939, and 1949. Okay? Yeah. I'd like to start with 1909, a 110-year-old record. You want to hear a record from 1909? We'll just sit still. And I'll make it happen. This is not the actual... I don't have the actual record, you know, queued up. This is a, this is off a compact disc actually called um, Rags to Rhythms on the Memphis Archives label. Very useful label. So this is... Um, this is the United States Marine Band sounding incredibly with it in 1909. And they were... Uh, they were interpreting for us Scott Joplin's May 